this episode of Ascend and Transcend. I'm Coach Elizabeth, and today I have an incredible guest, Sadie Maruska, who's going to talk to us a little bit about diversity and inclusion, which is a conversation I feel like we can never have um, enough you know, dialogue around. So Sadie, one of these topics that you love to talk about is overcoming insecurity when talking about race. I'm sure that many of our listeners have had the opportunity, right? Whether it's you're at a function or maybe you have some black or brown girlfriends or boyfriends and you wonder, is this something that I should be bringing up? And because it's not um, the black and brown community's job to educate white people on mm-hmm. how to act or how to talk. But but I do feel like it, it's a wonderful, safe space. Some of my um, African-American girlfriends have been really patient with me and been really generous with giving me insights. So I do feel like there needs to be a conversation. But can you give us some tips on how to overcome that kind of insecurity of launching into that subject and maybe when to not bring it up? So I would always say if you are if you are among friends, it's actually better if you kind of can bring something up one-on-one versus in a group. I think that sometimes we think, we think something, we want to say something and we don't put enough thought behind why we want to say it. So a lot of times I say, if you're about to say something that you would never say to someone who is white, someone who is like you think about the motivation that you have about why you're saying it or why you're asking it, especially in whatever context you're in. Because, right, it's about being mindful in the moment as to what it is that you're saying, what you're putting out there and why you're putting it out there. If you just put it out there and and someone says, oh, that, that didn't fall right, then right. it's also your job to not be defensive, but to listen as to why it didn't fall right. Because you may have you may have thought something, processed it, and thought it's okay to say it, and then you say it, and then someone goes, ooh, no. Then right. at that moment, staying open and saying, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Not I didn't mean to, because that shows defensiveness, but I'm right. sorry. How could I have said it better? And how, I, I don't understand how it impacted you. Please explain to me how it might have impacted you because it's not clear. Or maybe set the question up before you say it with some context, you know, why you're about to ask what you are or gain some insights. Um, (laughs) I live in Southern California in an area that there are not a lot of other black women around here. And so I feel like it's hard, but I've asked my girlfriend, what's it like? You know, what is it like to have probably three out of the total 10 black children that go to my daughter's school? And she's been amazing. And, you know, she yeah. told me what was a driver to move here and all of these things. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think sometimes if we just are, if, if it's a, at a play date or a dinner or this or that, and this was one-on-one um, with her, mm-hmm. she's been amazing. I think sometimes pretending like we're all the same, yeah. we're all in the same boat is way worse than maybe saying something and then having to backpedal and explain why you asked that. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. When everyone's trying to, I call it, <laughs> I call it white nice. 
Mm-hmm. When everyone's yeah. trying to act like we're all the same, there are no differences here. <laughs> and you know, clearly, like, that, that, that they looked at me, do they realize that I'm Black? And that I might have a different backstory, a different perspective, a different, a lot of things than they do, but they're just, everybody's the same. We're not going to treat anybody differently. It's not about not treating anybody differently. It's not, and that is what people confuse it. Equity is not about treating everybody equally. Equity is about treating people the way that they need, giving them Mm. what they need to succeed, right? Equity is about saying you're in a wheelchair in order to get to your desk. We need to have a ramp and we need to have hallways that are wide enough for you to bring your wheelchair to your desk and do the job that you've been hired to do just as well as someone else who can walk up the stairs and, you know, walk, navigate smaller hallways. It's about giving people what they need. And sometimes people are like, well, we don't want to treat anybody differently. I'm like, yeah, you need to treat everybody differently. Everybody is different. Everybody is a different person. According to their level of privilege, maybe. And according to what they need, right? According to what is, what is required, you know, what is, it's, 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 it, there's nothing more frustrating than to hear people say something like that. And you go, yeah, um, but, you know, there are exceptions. It's funny. I, I went to, we went to a, um, a go-kart place mm-hmm. and I looked at the sign and I said, what is wrong with the sign? And I took a picture of the sign and it said, you have to be 55 inches or taller to drive. If you are under 55 inches, you need to ride with a parent. Um, And I thought, there are full grown adults who are under 55 inches. Right. Do they need a parent? Simone Biles is, and I'm pretty sure she could drive (laughs) a car. You know, so how could that be more, and that's something benign, right? That's something that people would never even consider. But you, I looked at it and it just jumped out at me. And I thought, how is that even, how is that okay? Like you're assuming that everyone who's 55 inches or below, mind you, I'm only 60 inches. So I was only five inches taller than that line. But everyone who's 55 inches or below is a child. No, it can be an adult. And it can also mean it can also be a child that is not there with a parent, right? Who does not have a parent, and right. so it's like we those things, things like that, are things that kind of influence us without us even realizing because that's how our biases are formed. Just because we take in eleven million bits of information per second. Wow, that means right. your mind has already taken that sign in, whether you're conscious of it or not. But when you look at it consciously and you go, oh, gosh, that needs to be changed, right? So it can just be, if you're 55 inches or taller, you can drive. If you're 55 inches or lower, you need to have someone taller drive, ride with you. Right. It's that simple. So is there any saving us? Like, why bother if we're inundated with all of this external conditioning over the years, Sadie, is there any hope for us to really make a significant difference and change moving forward? What do you think? 
I think there is. I think that it might take just as long as it took to, to condition us. Yeah. Right. It might take that long, but it needs to be intentional because you know what? All of this was intentional. Right. Where we are now was intended. So therefore we can unintend it and intend something different, but we have to be, we have to be willing to do the work. And I think a lot of people are not willing to do the work. I think some people, they, what happens is they, they get tired. They go, oh, well, I don't want to have to think about this anymore. I get tired sometimes. I don't want to have to think about it. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, come back to the fight, right? It's okay to take a break. It's okay to lose yourself in, in, in something else. But at the end of the day, if we all keep coming back to the fight, if we all keep having the conversations, things will change because it's more intentional. And that's what we need intentionality in the change. And we have to be brave enough to ask the questions and, we and, have and to be, be brave and be brave enough to potentially, um, you know, put our foot in our mouth or whatever, because then it shows that you at least care to your point, yes. the white nice. Like if you're just sitting there full of pleasantries and small talk and, and there's, you know, some things that you'd like to ask, or you feel like it's a safe space, ask permission to ask that, you know, yes. maybe the person you're talking to doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't feel in the mood. It's again, it's not their job to educate anybody. But right. I think if we're all collectively trying to um, grow towards this change, there have to be these safe spaces created for the conversations to happen. And, yeah. and that can be around um, gender and everything else as well. Non-binary, everybody's like, well, I don't know what to call um, anybody now. Well, then don't, don't label anybody anything. Um, <laughs> That's right. Then so, just use they for everybody. Yeah. I'm not that hard. <laughs> it's so cute. My little six-year-old, sometimes in the morning, she'll wake up and she'll come snuggle um, in bed with me. And she has this like life-size sheep stuffed animal that she lays on every night. And so Sheepy was in bed with us. And I said, oh, you know, does Sheepy, does she want some hugs? And she goes, mommy, she's not a she. And I said, oh, okay, does he want some hugs, right? This is just me. And I know better. And she goes, it's not a he either. It is just a sheep. And it was like the wisdom of a six-year-old. I'm like, Vivi, you're so right. It doesn't have to be anything, but that is my conditioning. And I think if you can see in those moments where especially your children, right, are trying to teach you because they haven't been conditioned to that level yet. Um, we can just take those, all these little learning opportunities come up throughout the day and all of our interactions. And I think we just have to be more present. Would you agree? I definitely agree. We do have to be more present. And yeah, like you said, if if you're in a conversation with someone, you're, let's say you're at a wedding or a dinner party or something, and you happen to be having a conversation with someone who is Black or who is someone who is different than you, yeah, ask if you can ask questions, you know, because it does show that you care and it does show that, you know, you're not, not seeing color, which, right. You know, like really, like we're all just sitting here pretending yeah, really, we're not seeing color, but you know, instead say, you know, say something, you know, give a compliment or ask a question and say, Oh, you know, how sometimes it can, it can just be so easy as to say, um, um, 
Even do like, you what's like your experience? What, yeah. yeah. Do you like something? You know, I don't right. like this food. Do you like this food? Is this food good? You know, right. you know whatever the case right. may be, you can get into a food talk. You can t- get into a weather talk. It's amazing where conversations can go when you give it a chance, when you are curious and you're, you don't come with any preconceived notions or ideas. You just give it a chance. And then it just, and then all of a sudden we're having a real conversation. Right. And that's why, you know, yeah. We were talking about how we're all divinely connected and this is the thing too. It's if, if we are all pieces of each other, walking around out there, the second you start judging somebody or labeling them or writing them off, or uh, this is too big for me to understand, you know, then you're dismissing a piece of yourself. You're dismissing a wonderful opportunity to live this life to the fullest. And you're really hindering yourself. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to your point of all being connected, I tell people all the time, I said, Racism doesn't only affect those who are oppressed by it. It affects the white population as well. Mm-hmm. And it affects us. So it affects us all in adverse ways, not positive ways. And for all the positivity that seem to be in our society right now, it could be so much more. There could be so much more money flowing. There's, there could be so much more innovation happening. There could be so, yeah. so much more if it weren't for these barriers that are put in place to somehow hold on to some perceived uh, superiority right. rather than allow for us for the collective, you know, that which connects us all to work its magic. Because, yeah, we're all, it it affects all of us and we're all connected. So then what are a couple of things that people can do to be an advocate for, an advocate for equity in the workplace? Do you have any tips? So it depends. Right. So if you already have something that's going on, then be active with it. Right. And make sure to keep that activity accountable. So if there's a if there's a task force, if there's a group, if there's if there if the company has made a statement, keep the company accountable to it by asking questions all the time. Hey, I remember that we were going to do this. What happened with that? Who's in charge of this? I would love to be part of this thing. Let me, you know, how can I help? What is it that we need to do? You know, constantly keeping the company accountable is definitely one way. Another way, if you happen to be in management, uh, make sure that there is an equitable way that you evaluate and that you promote and that you bring on new talent, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I examine your biases, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's about examining your biases and making sure that you are coming from a, a, a place, a professional place of each person has the talents that they bring and not put, keep holding behind them all the biases and the stereotypes that you may have in your mind that you would say, well, but this might be the case with them. Do not make any assumptions about anybody, but simply 
do, you know, make sure that you're being equitable in consideration of other people. And then it's just just a matter of individuals keeping themselves accountable within the workplace. Keep yourself accountable. Are you laughing at that off color joke or are you, are you saying, I don't get it and making that person think about what it is that they are just saying? Are you, uh, are you making sure that you connect with people who are not like yourself at, at work? Um, one of the one of the main things that happens is that there there become these little cliques, right, at, at work, and these people they all go to lunch together, and then a new person comes, and that that person looks like them, and it's like, hey, you want to go to lunch with us? And this other person who's been sitting here for months and months goes, yeah, you know, what am I? part of the wall, you know, so ensure that there are, that you're keeping yourself accountable so that you are treating everyone equitably, giving them what they need. Ask if they want to go, if they don't want to go, that's fine. You know, find out how, you know, make sure that you're listening to them in, in meetings or that you're advocating for someone else to listen to them. Hey, I think such and such was saying something before you spoke up. I think that's that's the biggest part, Sadie, is like, it's there's, you know, not being racist, and then there's being anti racist. And I feel like it's the same thing. um, In a professional work environment, you can sit back and keep your mouth shut. But that's a big difference than advocating for somebody who might need a little bit more support because they have had bias placed on them. So I think you have to speak up. Everybody's so worried I feel like now this big excuse is, well, I don't want to be canceled or I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And it's like, what is being I mean, canceled? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, listen, if you're, if you're operating from a place of integrity, it's not going to happen. Like just be you. And, and if you fuck up, apologize for it. You know, this That's isn't exactly. that hard. People are very forgiving, but yeah. that is not a cloak you know, that excuse to then hide behind and take yourself completely out of the conversation. I think the fear of being canceled is simply a way to change the the reason that you're staying quiet, right? Totally. So before yeah. it's like, oh, well, I didn't realize. So now you realize and now you know something's happening. But now it's like, well, I don't want to be canceled. I'm afraid that I might say the wrong thing. And so you think that staying quiet means makes it better. And it doesn't. Uh, staying quiet Staying quiet only makes you uh, part of the problem, right? When you're talking about being racist and anti-racist, is um, racism we know is a systemic thing, right? But if you are benefiting from that systemic racism and you are not doing anything actively to fight against that, then you are racist, which is why I do not buy the I'm not racist thing. And I had a whole post on it on Instagram. I was like... If you're not racist, but you're not doing anything to to keep yourself combat accountable racism. for others right. combat this racism, then you are part of the problem and therefore you are racist because you are benefiting from and not fighting against that system. It's really kind of that simple, right? Um but people, but people can have a hard time. Yeah, people, people get can have very a hard time with, with that, that one, Sadie. Like, you know, oh yeah. They think that not doing anything 
um, is the same as helping the cause. Right. And it's, it's not that it was, it was so interesting, uh, especially in Southern California drive around. There were some, you know, signs in people's yards for this or that. This was like a year and a half ago. And, um, and we had a sign, um, in our yard, a black lives matter sign is only one on the street. And it was, it was fine, but it was just kind of like, all right, got like, Sometimes you just got to let people know where you stand. And I know people just don't want to get involved. And like, I get that. But guys, just let people know where you stand. Because whether or not it's the delivery driver who's coming and dropping off stuff or people coming over to play, you just you just know. And this isn't a political thing. It's not about who you voted for or this or that. I mean, you know, it is. But it's like, what are your values? Why are people yes. hiding? Why do you need to hide your values? Yes. Um, if you really believe in them, you got to put it out there. Because to your point, if you don't, it's just everybody's going to be minimized and we're never going to make the big change that we need to. Exactly. Because, you know, why are you hiding? That's usually right. the question. It's like, why are you hiding? Um, I think it's uh, Jane... Oh gosh, why can't I think of her last name now? But she she asked this question of her audience at one point and she says, so I want everyone to raise their hand who would be willing to change places with black people. I know Have you're you talking about, yes, one? yes. And nobody raised their hand. She says, I don't think you understood the question. And I'm like, go ask them, girl, go ask them. Right. You know? And she says, this She's is amazing. because you know what's happening. You wouldn't want it for yourself, but you're okay with it happening to someone else. That, my friends, is racism. That is racism, right? It's not driving around in a big dumb truck with a Trump that's sign. Right. That's, that's right. That's not it. There is quiet racism right. and the white nice that is being, you know, yes. uh, put over it when you go out. But at the same time, you do. You have these bias that are conscious and unconscious. But I think if we can all just have a little bit of grace with each other. And have the hard conversations, you know, and if somebody doesn't want to have the conversation, that's fine. But staying compliant and complacent and silent is not what's going to get us anywhere near this wonderful, harmonious, joyous world that we really could live in if we gave a shit. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that I don't want people to go out there and think that, um, that they need to confront each person that they see who, <laughs> <laughs> because there, there are levels, right? Yeah. There, I mean, yeah, there yeah. are people just not ready. There are people right. who are just not ready and we have to allow them to just go on their merry way. It's like, I hope your merry way is that way because I'm going this way. Right. Right. So we can't go out and confront everybody that we see, but we have to be able to try to gauge those people that we can kind of talk to and say, hey, you know, or help to just think about it. We're not going to change people's minds. I'm not going to change people's minds. Everything that I do, I do because I'm I'm very aware that I cannot change your mind. You have to change your mind. I'm only giving you the information and to help you question what you're doing. And then therefore you can change your mind for yourself. And so it's really by example. Yes. Right. To just to be here and to be a voice out there that's joined with all the other voices of people who are doing this work, because my voice may be the voice you need to hear. 
or not. And it could be the next person, right? But we all don't resonate with the same voices. We all don't resonate with the same words. We don't all resonate with the same feel or attitude. And that's okay. Find someone who you resonate with and listen to them. They're likely saying the same. We're all probably saying the same things, but someone's going to be that aha moment for different people. And that's what keeps me doing what I do. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if that person says, well, I've been following you for, and then they leave. I'm like, well, maybe they don't like the way that I say this part. And they really liked it when I was just one faceted. Right. That's okay. Right. Hopefully they'll find someone that they can resonate with and they will get the message or maybe they're just not ready. Right. Some people might not be there until they're 70 years old. I mean, who knows, Sadie? When you get there, you You can't, you can't change anybody's mind. If anything, you might do more harm than good and just have them dig in further. But to your point, I think leading by example and not being afraid to talk about certain things or ask questions, you can be a leader in that, right? It doesn't need to be, you know, something that, um, you just are silent about all the time. You can say, Hey, I had this conversation with so-and-so and it was great. And I didn't know this and I learned this, you know, so maybe yes. it's even, you're just kind of a medium for it to the other people that are a little bit further, you know, distanced from this idea of true equity. And I have loved our conversation. I think that what you're doing is incredible. I love that you had that wake up call. It sucks that it had to come from cancer, but everything's a gift, right? So now you're here and I love that your soul is now driving the ship of your legacy. So we appreciate you. you being on. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find more information about you? Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I am at Cedrola Maruska, S-E-D-R-U-O-L-A-M-A-R-U-S-K-A. And they can go to slash work with Sadie, which is S-E-D-I-E. Okay. Um, or they can just click it on the top of the, the w- webpage. I'm also on Instagram as Cedrola and Twitter as Cedrola and Facebook as Cedrola Maruska Wonderful. and Patreon so. as Cedrola Maruska. Yeah. So connect with Sadie if you need some diversity, um, diver- diversity, diversity <laughs> and inclusion um, consulting. I assume that you do large um, like corporate groups. You also do one-on-one. I do. I do one-on-one where it's more of a discovery of who you are and what your strengths and talents are and how those strengths and talents can translate into this work. Because what I find is that people can get so overwhelmed with everything that needs to be done. And and that can cause paralysis. But if you decide, okay, that I am really, I love the beauty industry. I really, I'm a hairdresser or what have you. I'm going to work to fight in this arena. What do you do then? So then you can kind of focus that and you don't have to worry about, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I do work with individuals that way. And with Um, companies, I work with uh, entrepreneurs up to more medium-sized companies, up up to like 500. Um, And with companies, I work more to help transform the culture. So if we can cultivate more of a culture of equity and inclusion, then the diversity will follow, right? Because then you're going to be projecting a space that people are going to go, 
that seems interesting. It looks like a place that I could really plant my flag. Let me check it out. So those are the two things. All right, everyone, check her out. Um, Thanks so much again, Sadie. I've appreciated your voice and loved our time together.